Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back, BA listeners. Hey, Mandy. Hey, hey, hey. So how was Montreal? Meh, Montreal. I, I saw your pictures and stuff on Insta and I was like, maybe, maybe Montreal's not so meh after all. I was determined to show you that Montreal is not that bad. We oui, we oui, very good. <laughs> you know how nice Canadians are? I was actually yeah. sad. Well, first of all, it was a nice escape from America which I feel like we all just need a break from America right now. Yeah, um, America. America. I was like, so long at the border. I was so excited. The Canadian border agent was nice to us. It was a whole different story in the way back, but I'll get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh, how are you guys? Oh, a girl's trip. That's nice. Okay, great. There's five of you. I need five passports. Come on in, eh? Um, <laughs> and then we get in. Um, we just had a we just had a great girls weekend. It was, it was, it was eight girls. We shared – it was – it was a, we shared an Airbnb, really like, it was huge. It was like a, it was like the real world. You kind of run in there. You're like, oh, snap. Really? And you all go pick your rooms. Um, I mean, there wasn't like a pool in the middle of the, the apartment, but it was big. There was like a bunch of bedrooms and bathrooms and it was fun. Um, and we just ate and drank and we saw, it was the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival, which okay. is a huge, huge comedy festival. It's like one of the top comedy festivals. And so everybody was there um and we got to see a couple of comedians we saw w kamal bell okay. on friday and in his show i don't know if he's listening probably not um hey kamal bell but he's great he talks a lot about well obviously he has um a several podcasts of his own and he has that show on cnn is it united okay. shades of america i think that's what it's called oh and i'm not familiar well, he's raising two interracial girls. His his wife is white. So he talks about, you know, raising two interracial girls all the time. And But his show, I mean, try, like this whole – I know you want to talk about the mooch, this whole Scaramucci calling yes. a reporter and like bashing the chief of staff uh. at the White House had just happened. And so a lot of his comedy was all this depressing stuff about America. And I was laughing, but I was also like, ha, <laughs> <laughs> It's you know because he was really talking to the Canadian audience, and I was like, "But uh, it's real I'm for a, me. It's real I, for me." But I'm American. No, <laughs> I have to go back to this. They get to laugh, but I have to go back. Um, no, but it it was it was great, and I've never you you don't realize how badly you're treated in New York until you go outside of New York. Mm-hmm. Like we, eight of us girls laughing, you know, we were drinking and brunching all day and just going from place to place and just hooting and hollering, like being loud, obnoxious Americans, I, I like to, I'd like to say. 
when we go to these places and they'd be like, oh, you know, I'm expecting them to give us a stank eye like, oh, great. Here's a bunch of girls just being girls. And everyone was like, oh, let us put these tables together for you. Oh, let do you want us to split the check eight ways? That's perfectly fine. Oh, wow. here's, here's this round of drinks that we got for you because you're just so much. I was like, what is this? Yeah. New York is honestly the the be- worst behaved. Like anyone who comes from any place else, like down south or whatever, they're like, yo, what is their deal? Why is everybody so mean? New I'm York like, is so yeah. stank. Yeah, even the babies are stank in New York. Babies are like, goo, goo, ga, ga. <laughs> <laughs> Side note, I saw a child literally slide out of her stroller. with. I, I felt so bad. It was a dad holding his dry cleaning in one hand, the stroller oh with the other hand. He didn't have enough hands to push her back in the stroller. So I just watched <laughs> him stand there and watch her slide out onto the ground. Oh, and poor I baby. Like, you had to do that to your poor dad um yeah new york is honestly it is like because it it's like oh you should be thanking me for letting me letting you come into to live here you know yeah that's the attitude new york has um but it was it was just so pleasant the service was great everywhere and you know i was with a bunch of girls i hadn't really it was my my best friends group of high school and college friends who i had never met before um and it was i don't know i just it was just great it was just I don't know if you've had like a big girls weekend. I haven't had a probably since my bachelorette, um, mm. which is a whole different thing, you know, strippers and such. That's a whole different vibe. <laughs> um, but this was just like real, just, you know, being with your girlfriends, talking about things. You know, I was laughing at our um, our spread because like not not 30 minutes, <laughs> not 30 minutes we've been in this house before there's a beautiful glass bowl displaying all of our snacks for the weekend. <laughs> girl thing right yeah, and I was like I was like god I love women look at this beautiful display <laughs> of kind bars and baked Cheetos like this is amazing right it's like when you have a party like everybody always loved used to love like me and my sisters came to a party because you know we're gonna stay after and wash the dishes and straighten up and help you women always are just like I don't know we're always like mm-hmm. what do you need me to do you want to wash the dishes you want me to do this yeah but we're doing so, it for each other for once which was nice Speaking of women, did you line up for the free MAC lip, lip, um, lipstick? I no. <laughs> you know I'm, so why? I'm so glad I'm at a point in my life where I don't have to do free stuff anymore. Like wait in line for the free thing. Do you know what I mean? Like the, when it's yeah. like free ice cream day and I see the line wrapped around Ben and Jerry's, I'm like – that is not worth three three dollars for me to stand yeah. in the line for two hours. Right? <laughs> I don't get it. But there's a if you guys get a chance if you go to our Brown Ambition page on Facebook, there's this hilarious um, story from her name is Kaya Daniel, where she talks about like first of all she's wearing the Mac lipstick that she waited hours for, and it's like chalky white. It's so it's hilarious Wait, to hear. What? Yes, they you haven't seen it. Color? No, they they were giving away like five super ugly colors. Of course, nobody no, knew that. Um, and so she tells the story and it, it's hilarious. You have to just, you have to get a chance to watch. It. I posted it on the Brown Ambition Facebook page and she talks about waiting in line for hours and hours, people arguing and fighting. You know, this one woman took it so far. She was giving people numbers and they thought she worked there. No, she was just in line with everybody else, but didn't. Yes. People were taking <laughs> You have to listen. She Giving them really- numbers and being like, oh, you can go. Yeah, go around the block. Have a coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that and is then shady. The, the Mac person came out. They were like, no, but I'm number five. They were like, she doesn't work here. They were like, what? <laughs> oh, my God. So all so, you had to do was stand in line and you were supposed to get a free lipstick. Is that the idea? 
That was, but there were so many people, like, standing. People were waiting in hours. And I'm like, but I don't know how much MAC lipstick is. Like I'm assuming 15 bucks, 20 bucks. So I'm like, I mean, I'm not saying that I wouldn't have gone to the mall to look, but once I saw the line was crazy, I'd be like, yeah, well, I just don't see myself waiting for um for hours. And most people didn't even get one. And like I said, most of the colors were so hideous. Mm -hmm. She said it was between blueberry, which was like bright blue or this chalky white. And she was like, so yeah, you just have to watch the video. It's hilarious. Oh my God. I forgot to mention that I saw a girl's trip before my girl's trip. Best decision ever. Who'd you go with? Your girl Tiffany Haddish was everything. Um, who did I go with? I went with two girlfriends, Natch, uh, two of my other no, – the two girls that I didn't go on the girls' trip with, but just two other friends um, who okay. I wanted to go see it. One of whom is a mom of a one-year-old, and she was like – she, her husband, she was like, yes, my husband got off work early to take the take my daughter. Like, I got here. I got to the movies. It is an accomplishment. It was, so I was really excited for her <laughs> to be there. But it was it was so freaking funny. Um, but I have to say, when we got to the theater, we like went to the bathroom, came back out, got you know got into the theater, and I was like, oh, it's really empty. Um, that seems kind of weird because it's New York and this movie's supposed to be popular. But we go to our seats, which are assigned, and we sit down, and we're like sitting there watching the previews, and it's like the Lego Movie, Jumanji, and I'm like, something seems off with this preview for the audience for this movie. And then I look to my left and there's and these four like twelve year old white boys walk in. And like, I'm like yes, I'm like, I think something's wrong. There's like <laughs> been a blip in the matrix. This is not the right theater. And, and so I, I look over and I ask the boys, I'm like, excuse me, what movie are you here to see? And they're like, The emoji movie. Oh uh, yeah. And I was like, Oh, so that was that was the start to our day. But finally got to the right theater and it was it was like the the best hour and forty five minutes, however long it was. Hi, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on um Sunday with my best friend and her mom because I was like, everybody's like, you haven't seen it. I'm like, I know, I know, I know. It's I'm really gonna good. go this weekend. Just don't watch any of the previews because I do feel like they give away a lot of the jokes in the previews. I always hate that about comedies because you never, yeah. you never know. I mean, is that all the funny bits in that two minute preview? There is, there are some funny bits that aren't in the previews, but just don't watch anymore. But Tiffany Haddish stole the show. I keep hearing that. Stole it. Her and Jada together was just like such a funny combination. Um, it'll make you think about grapefruit differently. I'll tell you that much. I heard something like that, but I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's another like female empowerment movie. At the end of it, at the like, you don't feel like you're feeling anything until the va- the last scene, and then you're like, I-, I could have a tear spring to my eye if I wanted to. Um, <laughs> no, it was good. I won't give anything yeah. else away. Okay, I, I definitely want to see it. But, like, speaking of dope girls and women, hello, Maxine Waters. I mean, Auntie Maxine is just amazing anyway. Reclaiming my time, reclaiming my time, what? reclaiming my time. <laughs> Yo, I didn't understand because I think early in the first half of the day, I didn't know what anyone was talking about because they weren't referring to her. They just said, like, hashtag reclaiming my time. And I thought it was like a self care movement. And then I stumbled across, upon um, the, what is it, the people that always have that? Um, the this now, now hear this. What is it? No, now this. Now so this, them. yeah. Yes. And I watched it and I was rolling. I said, that's right, Auntie Maxine. You let him know. Play someone else. Play with toys, not me. <laughs> I love to hear I love to hear you spend twenty five minutes telling me how great I am, sir. But what I did was ask you a question specifically and you're not answering it. I loved it. And I and I love that she she didn't give him an inch. Because it was very clear that he was trying to I guess they call it filibuster. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just what politicians do. They tell you everything but you what you want to know. 
Exactly. And she was like, mm, can, she, can you explain the rules to him, but don't take it away from my time? I said, that's right. <laughs> and I just love that, the, I guess, the speaker or whoever, the moderator was like, the time belongs to the gentle lady from California. <laughs> I just was like, that's right. And now everybody's making pins and T-shirts and, and, and clocks all about reclaiming my time. And I'm here for it. I'm joining you there for it. I stayed yeah. in line for that pin. That's you about said, it. I was yeah, standing right? in line if Maxine Wanderers was giving out pins that say, uh, reclaim me my so, time. I would too, just to shake her hand and be like, I just want you to know I love you. <laughs> uh, I know. I saw someone take a picture with her Essence Fest and I was like, man, I'm putting that on my bucket list. Yeah, as Drina did, my publicist. I was like, mm, Oh, was that who? Me. That was probably who I saw. Probably, but I was like, mm, you couldn't have called me over? She was like, I just, I was in the back. I was like, whatever, girl. <laughs> you're, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So are you ready to talk about my favorite topic today? I'd love to talk about your favorite topic today. And so my favorite topic today is the continued failure of 45. For those of you who said, it doesn't matter who you vote for. Hmm. For those of you who made it. <laughs> my mother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so how's she feeling now, honestly? Not even to be shady. Like, oh, how, how... we don't talk. We've, we've learned, man, we've learned it's better not to ask. Okay. <laughs> She's what what pisses me off though and I I'm I'm sorry to, don't to interrupt you. You can reclaim your time. But she um it's to the point now where if I bring anything up it's like, well, I just feel like you're attacking me and it's not my fault and um and and, and it feels like she's she is ignoring what's going on because it's so terrible. And I'm like, you, it's almost like when your dog shits on the floor and you want to train it not to do that anymore. And you're like, no, you have to look at it to see what you did. Um, I know it's not like she did this on her own. Yeah. Um, uh, but anyway, it's, 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 it doesn't give me any satisfaction to make her feel bad. So I've, I've, for the health of our relationship as mother and daughter. Um, no, I, I think that's, I have that's, stopped. All, that's more important than any, you know, political stance or whatever yeah it's just you know mom and dad it's already hard enough mom and dad like having an adult mother-daughter relationship is so complex i'm learning to throw politics into it i can't even yeah no well the other day i was like i was telling my mom i feel like i'm a disappointment to you that you're not proud of me she's like are you kidding me she's like uh like she's like i thought my phone was broken the other day because all i have is pictures of you and roman that's my um my um nephew (laughs) and she was like i all of your like all of your your um you know, like clippings and this and that. I keep it. She's like, ask your dad. Your aunts and uncles are sick and tired of hearing about you and the budget Nista. And I was like, what? I don't know why I was carrying that around with me that I was a disappointment. I probably disappointed her like once when I was like in high school and never let that go. And she was like, and what I love about my mom is that like, what you're not going to do is make her feel bad about anything that she knows. She, she was like, that's you. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> she said, that's the story you told yourself. And I was like, oh my what? God. Is she a therapist? Because that's what my therapist said. That's literally the words. So the story you're telling yourself about what your husband said is. I know. And when she said that, I said, you know what? She's right. What? Where did I get that from? I guarantee there was a moment where she was disappointed and it affected me so much. I just carried that forward. You know, and I was like, I don't know. She was like, are you crazy, Tiffany? How can I not be proud of you? Look what you're doing with your life. And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) And I was just like, look, feel how you want to feel. But no, that didn't come from my side. So, yeah. All of us need to still be told by our parents that we're the best and the greatest. You know what I mean? It's just We just all need a little bit of parental appreciation. 
as much as you try to, I try to act like I'm grown, I don't need it. I still want my mom to be like, oh, I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, thank you. You are? I know. So, I mean, my dad too, but my dad typically says it. So my mom tells everyone else, but doesn't necessarily tell me. So anyway, I wanted to talk about the mooch. So for those of you who are unfamiliar, what's his first name? Anthony. Anthony Scaramucci. So Anthony, <laughs> Anthony Scaramucci. Uh, we barely ten- knew ye. Yes, right? I'm like, but you know, the good thing is now that you're unemployed, you can qualify for Obamacare. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he, um, 10 days, 10 days as the White House communications director. He just learned how to use his pass to get in and already has to turn it in. Had us all missing Spicer, if that was possible. <laughs> well, he was a loose cannon. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I thought, is this a joke? Like the way he was so, um, just like, I don't know. I just like when he did the interview with the New Yorker, for those of you who don't know, he did this interview with the New Yorker and it was full of vulgarities and cursing and we're going to fire everybody. And I'm the new sheriff in town. And I don't, I don't, I don't, um, answer to anyone, but the president just talking real, like, you know, high school football player, like jock stuff. Bully. Yes. And then, you know, they get a new, um, a new uh, chief of staff. Well, he's um, the one of the targets of his tirade. And first of all, it wasn't an interview to him anyway. He just called this reporter because something had leaked from the White House. And he was livid because this reporter had picked up on it. Someone leaked to him. And he was trying to figure out who leaked. But then he went on that huge rant, uh, like going on this. He has a, all these conspiracy theories about people leaking and how Rance Priebus, who was the chief of staff in the White House and who did not want Scaramucci in the in this position um was trying to um uh sabotage him mm-hmm. and so like the day after this interview went out uh trump excused or the day or two i forget which day it was but two days later i was thinking okay this mooch guy is gonna be out of here right because this is crazy i mean he he was saying everything from i don't suck my own bleep like um yeah, uh, 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 ugh, Steve Banner to like the like for a communications director. I mean, who's supposed to be communicating effectively to the American people? Um, this behavior, and then not him. He wasn't. He wasn't fired. It was Rance Priebus, the chief of staff. So that mm-hmm. was like that's what happened last week. That was crazy. And then, of course, and then you're all. And then I was. Then I was thinking like, man, this is the kind of behavior that doesn't even have any. I mean, Trump loved it by accounts. Like Trump loved Scaramucci. He thought it showed that he was loyal and that he was abrasive and that he didn't follow, you know, he wasn't politically correct. You know, all the Mm -hmm. stuff that Trump gets that Trump gets credit for from his supporters and stuff. Um, But what did you call the new sheriff in town? Yeah, the new sheriff in town quickly was like, yeah, what you're not going to do is. Is this. And so (laughs) I know he's like, like, I'm the chief of staff. So staff. I am the lead of the staff and you are staff. I am over you. And let me show you by letting you go. It must be really embarrassing. Cause I, I mean, I've heard that something that like he tried to sell his business, I guess, cause he thought that, you know, this was going to be something long-term and then something, I guess, I don't know if it's, did his wife file for divorce as a result of him taking this job or that's, I mean, I'm assuming that. No, I read a statement. I read a story that said that her lawyer, I don't know who knows what really happened, but her lawyer says that no, it had nothing to do with this. I can't imagine if you're going to file a divorce or, I mean, this guy's, I mean, I could, he only gave us 
you know, 30 minutes of this. <laughs> yeah. This was him like 10 days into a relationship. Um, Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure right. his wife is like, now, now you see. <laughs> I know his her friends are like, are you sure you want to divorce Anthony? She's like, uh, exhibit A. This is like you said, 10 days into the relationship and look how he's acting. The mooch who, who like calls themselves that in like public, let alone national spotlight. Just very honestly, he reminded me so much of like the the boys that I went to high school with, like you know, like just really arrogant, thinking like they could do no wrong. They're all you know, just like jostling each other at the jock table, and I'm like, whew, look at the mooch now. And I look at them now, I'm like, mm, look at you now, punch belly, all that beer has taken your hair and your youth. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. Well, don't worry. Don't, 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 don't worry there because at 530 this morning, our president got on Twitter and said, there's no White House chaos. So forget it. He's fired his chief of staff and communications director all in the space of about 72 hours. But don't worry. There's no chaos. Oh, look at this. He's, you know, he's trying to distract by banning transgender people from the military. Like, like he's, it's, 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 yeah, policy initiatives in 140 characters or less. Oh my God. This is America. Oh my, like via Twitter, like I can't even, you know, the military, you know, for the military to have to step up and say, so until the president submits his, you know, mandates, you know, within like what's normal protocol, none of that is happening. Like who makes policy via Twitter? Oh my God. I can't, this is real. I'm not going to lie. Every once in a while, because I really try to stay out of like reading political news like I'll catch something on TV and Donald Trump will be speaking and it'll hit me like a new wave and I'm like oh my god he's president like it'll hit me and I'm like wait this it is real life only been eight months oh my god not even uh I'll tell you one thing Trevor Noah we saw him give a talk because it was a comedy festival in Montreal and he, we went to uh, like a talk he wasn't it wasn't a stand-up but he was being interviewed by someone on stage and it was really good but um he Comes from, he's from South Africa, obviously, and um, he and he grew up there most of his life. And he was talking about every time someone's like, "Can oh, you believe Trump? Can you believe this? Can you believe that?" And he was like, "I don't know about you, but uh, you know, coming from where I've come from, a lot of us can believe it. Like this, mm -hmm. this type of leader has has been the norm in so many other countries for so long. But in America, it's just so new for us that we're like losing our minds and we don't know what to do." Um, mm -hmm. And he says it's scary to others because America is sort of always seen as this place where, you know, democracy It's such a unique country because we didn't yeah. have that issue. Um, I mean, you can say whatever you want. I mean, obviously, we've had presidents with tons of flaws, I mean, and have done, you know, horrible things and made many mistakes, including Obama even. Yeah. But to take the Constitution and just daily take a giant dump on it like our current president is doing yeah. um and to make such a make such a mockery of this office a mockery that's what her, that's what's hardest to like swallow that it's like it it reads like a joke like this is i'm like i like you know a man who runs a billion dollar business you can't be this stupid how well america's not a business that's the problem you know yeah. you can't just fire everyone you hate and hire everyone who says they love you yeah, you're right. That's exactly what's happening. That is like, I mean, it's like textbook narcissism, textbook uh, dictator type behavior. Um, it's uh, it's America. I actually, I gotta go. I'm gonna go back to Canada real quick and just hang out for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> you 
Like, I gotta go. (laughs) Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. So you know what? Let's move on to happier thoughts. So I, you know what? I have a, it's brown break, brown boost time, and I'm actually going to boost and I'm not going to break. What about you? Um, I'm going to do a boost too. Okay. Well, okay, fine. I was trying to be, it's going to be a boost break. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Then I'll go first then. So my boost is really simple. I, um, when I went to Essence, um, I I attended this, like, I don't know, this brunch for um, Planned Parenthood. And one of the gifts they gave us was these little water bottles. I didn't realize it was a swell bottle. So I had vaguely heard of Swell. Ooh, Swell. These are those fancy bottles I keep hearing about. Yes. Honestly, Mandy, life-changing. Wait. (laughs) At first I was like, I didn't think, because I get so many water bottles. I was like, oh, another corny water bottle. And so, but I used it maybe like last week sometime. I put some like cold water in it and I'm trying to drink more water. Like I'm trying to get back on, you know, I'm always falling off the wagon, but I'm back. Um, and so I was like, no juice, no soda. Cause I, I'm like addicted to sugar. So I said, no juice, no soda, back to water. And you can flavor it with lemon or lime. And so um, I, I put cold water in a swell bottle and then I brought it in the car with me. And then I ran a bunch of errands. And then like hours later, I was like, oh, man, this water's probably warm. I went to take a swig. It was freezing. <laughs> I was like, what which wizardry and witchcraft is this? <laughs> and so I went to the Googles and I was like, are you kidding me? So swell keeps your cold water cold for up to 24 hours and your hot water or hot liquid hot for up to 12 and it doesn't, Mandy. It doesn't. <laughs> like, it is so, I mean, I can't even tell you. So, so much so. So the bottle that we have is like the water bottle size. Like it's like, you know, you can empty the contents of your water bottle into it. And then I, today I actually ordered the larger bottle because I'm really trying to drink like more water. And I, I like, it's so easy to like, you know, drink a water bottle and be done with it. So I want to carry a bigger bottle with me. They're not cheap. So the bigger bottle costs $45, but I went on swell.com. I use Ebates for 3% cash back. And then if you sweat, sign up for Swell's email, you get 15% off. So instead of 45, I paid 40 and I got 3% cash back. But I ordered like the larger size one that could fit a whole bottle of wine. That's how they tell you. Um, and I was like, not that I'm going to put wine in it because I don't drink, but it just, it's actually helped me to drink more water because it keeps my water really chilled and cool for an extended period of time. So I'm not like, eh, this warm water, I'm not going to drink it. But yeah, so Swell is my boost and I love it. They have this cool, funky, amazing colors. If you go to, it's like S apostrophe W-E-L-L. Um, it's cool, funky, cute colors. You can get it on Amazon too, but like I just got it directly from like the Swell site because I wanted my 15% off. 
But yeah, so that's my booze because I'm drinking more water because swell is swell. <laughs> I saw <laughs> someone recently freak out because they lost their swell bottle and it was like they had lost their firstborn child or something. And I was well, like, really? Because- For a water bottle? But now I understand. I didn't know what it was. I wasn't, I was uninitiated. Yeah, it's because it's expensive. So it's like, you know, like the, the water, like I guess the regular water bottle size, is like 35, I think. And like the smaller one is like 25. So they're not cheap. That's why too. But, you know, to me, I was like, this is my gift to myself because I deserve it. I love Swell. Swell is my friend and no one else can have it. <laughs> Ger- my um Superman, look at him, whatever. You know his name now by now anyway. But Superman was like, ooh, like I was looking for it frantically. And he had taken with him to work. I was like, so we share a lot of things, but what we won't share... <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, it's like white with a pink plant. I support Planned Parenthood, which is great, but this is my water bottle. So if you're listening, Superman, which I know that you're not because you're not technically inclined, you leave my swell bottle alone. If you want one, you, they're available on Amazon and swell.com. Just like, you know, you get it like a regular person. Um, you can just, that's like when we go to the store or, or like I go to bodega to get a bottle of water and, and he's like, no, I don't want one. But then I come out and he tries to drink mine. I'm like, you said you didn't want one. I need all 20.4 ounces of this water. I intended to drink it. It's mine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh man. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm interested now in this swell situation. Yeah. If you're nice, I might, you know, I might gift you one, you know, not a big one because you know, that's for the big girls, but you never know, right <laughs> we're gonna initiate you into the little one you know see how you feel see if you like okay. it <laughs> well actually okay side note before i get into my brown boost break but i like room temperature water <gasps> who are you i know Sorry. i don't like cold water i have sensitive teeth i've been i've been using pronamel since i was like 13 years old <laughs> you're like, both, um, like you're like an 80 year old millennial you know that right <laughs> thank you i feel like you really get me I because feel it's like, like you Some would... stuff about you is so millennial. I'm like, that's so millennial. And other stuff, I'm like, it's many 80. <laughs> I love my pronamel. But yeah, room temperature water. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't even wish you. Today is happy black women's equal pay day. Woo-hoo. Let me rattle around all 67 cents in my piggy bank because that's how much black women earn to the dollar versus Ugh. white men. <laughs> so that's my break. My break is that the gender and racial pay gap impacting black women in the workplace continues to rage on. But I'm going to boost the fine women and I'm going to read their names at the Economic Policy Institute, which is like, well, first I need to boost my reporter, Brittany, because she turned me on to this, um, that it's even a holiday. And uh, she was pitching a story to do on this holiday. And she sent me a link to this article from the Economic Policy Institute, which is a nonprofit. They do a lot of reports on, um, it's an independent nonprofit. So they do a lot of reports on the wage gap, on college costs, on all areas of, um, of policy and how it impacts people's wallets, essentially. So anyway, these women, Valerie Wilson, Janelle Jones, Kayla Blatto, and Elise Gould, who I've had the pleasure to talk to you before, they took this holiday and decided to do this great post that dispels some of the myths around the gender and racial wage gap for black women, which mm. I was so excited about because when I when I first got the pitch from Brittany, I was like, oh God, the gen- you know, this whenever you write about the wage gap, people always go into, well, what are some tips for women on how to get paid more? And I'm like, oh, good. So you're putting all the pressure on the woman to do something differently to get paid the same as white men. But it's there's so much at play here that has so much more to do than what's in our control. 
Yeah. You know, there's unconscious bias at play. There's racial bias, gender bias. There's so many things. Just by having dark skin and being in a vagina, like you're already at a disadvantage in a lot yep. of ways. And it's not fair to to lead the discussion at, you know, let's just give some tips on what you can do. I'm like, what, bleach the skin and cut my hair off? Like, I don't know. Exactly. Um, so anyway, I just thought it was great because I wanted to read through some of these myths because I want to give our listeners – I feel like our listeners are the kind of people who don't believe in you know, the fact that – like they are – I mean obviously a lot of our listeners um, are black women and so we don't really need this information. We already know it because we live it. But have you ever found yourself in the situation where someone says something so ignorant like, well, if they just went to college – or if they just, you know, pull themselves up yes. from their bootstraps and you wish you had the not like you wish you had the exact thing to tell them um, okay. in response. So I thought that this would be great. I'm going to post it to you on the site, but I'll just go through a couple of the myths so that the next time someone says something um, uh, ignorant that you have something to say in return. So myth number one, if black women worked harder, they'd get the pay they deserve. Here's the oh. truth, as these fine women at the EPI pointed out, black women work more hours than white women. In fact, they've increased work hours 18.4% since 1979, and yet the wage gap relative to white men has grown. Mm. So that's myth number one. Women, because, you know, the idea is that, and I've heard this too, um, there's this just ingrained image of black women in America all being on welfare and just sucking in the system, which is re, I mean, you won't find a harder group of people. A harder working group. Sorry, harder working group of people. I can't. All right. Anyway, Uh, myth number two: Black women can educate themselves out of the pay gap. Um, That's the. We're like one of the top. We're like we're super educated. So I'll give you the numbers. The truth is, two thirds of Black women in the workforce have some post post secondary education. Twenty nine point four percent have a bachelor's degree or higher, and yet Black women are paid less than white men at every level of education even mm-hmm. if they get a college degree. And <sighs> I knew this because like I, I did like a quick survey of the dream catchers and like, well, every year they do that. We have about 400,000 people that have taken the survey. And when I did the math, 83% had some sort, some form of post high school education, 83%. And I was like, and yet their pay was like in the 30 or 40,000, like average pay was something like that. 30 to 45,000 range. And I'm like, wow. Can you imagine? Mm. Well, here's myth number three that might, might, might help with that at least, or help explain a bit of that. Um, the way number, myth number three is that the wage gap is the result of black women choosing careers that pay less. Cause you know how a lot of, when people talk about the wage gap, even they're like, Oh, it's because women are teachers and nurses or whatever. And they don't pay that great. Here's the truth. No matter the occupation, no matter the job, both female-dominated and male-dominated black women earn less than white men. Mm. So it doesn't matter. I could be a teacher, you could be a teacher, and I'm still making less than you. Yep. Um, I'll even go through. They, They give some of the occupations and the difference in pay. Okay, so on this chart that they have, they have they look at a bunch of like 10 different occupations and tell you what black women earn and what white women or white Sorry, black women earn compared to white men in the same occupation. So for elementary and middle school teachers, um, black women earn twenty five sixty five an hour versus white men who earn $30 an hour. Mm. Um, that is about, let me do the math for once, like a 12, 20% difference. I'm really bad at math right now. 20, there you go, 15 to 20% difference in pay. 
So yay, you're white. You get a 15% pay bump. Congrats, dude. Um, anyway, I didn't mean to be a Debbie Downer, but I feel like, don't you wish you, you had these numbers at the top of your head when someone says something like that? You know, yeah. At the Thanksgiving dinner table with your unwoke relatives, as I've been in that position many times. Um, anyway, so that's my, that's my Brown. I'll do a, the, the break is the pay gap, but the boost is these women who created this Mythbuster article at the EPI. Um, and, and the, and the fact that they're trying to dispel these myths is great. And I hope that I'm going to share this on our page and I'm going to put it on the Brown Ambition podcast, tweet it, spread the word, um, and continue the conversation. Exactly. I think, I don't know if it was CNN. They did like this. Um, it was, uh, it's an article with a video that says like, I'm part of the, I'm black and I'm part of the 1%. It's been floating around, um, uh, Facebook for a while, for like maybe a, a week or so. Um, and they just, w- one gentleman in particular really struck me. He said he grew up really poor and I forget how he made his extreme wealth. And he said, you know, so many times they'll tell you, cause you know, he said, someone asked him the reporter, so what do what do you say when folks say, well, look at you, you did well. Why can't black people pull themselves up by the bootstraps? And he said, you know, when people tell me that, I tell them some people don't even have boots. Mm. Like, you know, and I thought like, you know, because it's like, it's so easy to act as if like, well, if you do the hard work, but sometimes there's not even a foundation to, to build upon with your hard work. Like I'd be willing to do the work, but there's nothing here for me to, you know, work from. And so I just thought that I was glad that he said that I was nervous to think because a lot of people that have done well sometimes forget that, you know, they had advantages that other people don't. So I was, it was nice to hear someone oh, who had done extremely well, 100%. Under, you know, understand that that is not typical of like someone from his circumstance. I was listening to the How I Built This podcast, which is on NPR. You should definitely listen to it if you haven't. I'm talking to the listeners. I don't know if you have. I um, have today. I watch. I was listening to one. Did you listen to um, Carol's daughter? No, I listened to Troy Carter. But go ahead. What okay. happened? Carol? Well, they interviewed the founder of, of Carol's daughter, whose name escapes me right now, and I'm so sorry. Lisa. I think, Lisa. Her name is Lisa. Yes. Yes. Lisa, Lisa Price. Lisa Price. Thank you. Um, and I, I, I had. I've bought her products when I first moved to New York. I remember like finding the store in Harlem and getting my uh, my transition kit, which I won't talk about. Didn't love it, but anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, anyway, she is on the show talking about how she built Carol's daughter. And I'm just going to – I won't tell you the whole thing. You can you can go to How I Built This. I really encourage you to check out that podcast. I love it. Um, but she talks about at the point when it was 2013 or 14 when she sold Carol's daughter to L'Oreal. And she got so much hate from black um, – her supporters who were African-American. Um, mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of like, oh, you sold out. Why would you do this? This was for us, and now it's for everyone. You know, the same thing. I think a lot of a lot of women of color in business can can relate to when you when you when you expand your brand or whatnot. Same thing. Shea moisture happened with Shea moisture. But I love what she had to say about this point because the host Guy Raz was like, "Did you? How did you? How did you feel when you got that pushback? And and did you take it to heart? And did you regret selling it? And she was like, first of all, I will not regret it. It is the single biggest accomplishment of my life. It was the best thing I ever did. And I will not, I will not ever apologize for that success. Um, and having worked so hard for so many years to build that brand from nothing, um, I won't apologize. But she says she understands where it comes from. And what she wants people to understand is that a lot of people who 
quote unquote, make it in business and you're African American, don't have the same foundation of generational wealth as other mm-hmm. Uh, other races might as 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 white entrepreneurs or business owners might have don't have any safety net don't have generational wealth and i don't think she meant wealth as in like your family owns has billions of dollars but a family who has any sort of support to make you feel like okay i'm fine sticking with this company um and and not you know selling it to a bigger brand and not taking this money now this opportunity now Um, Mm -hmm. because I have that to fall back on, or I have that in the back of my mind. I mean, she had nothing and she wanted to be sure that she was starting a, she wanted to be sure she was starting a trend of generational wealth for her family that had not existed before. Yes. And that is what she accomplished, um, by selling it. And I just thought that that was, that sounds like what the person you were talking about was sort of getting at. And I think, like you said, it's, it's people tend to forget that, you know, that's a part of privilege as well is to just to grow up in an environment where the people who came before you didn't have to try so hard. Exactly. I don't think people, I think people underestimate like just how far back it's like, it's like trying to get a, you know, an A average in school and you're starting in negative. I mean, just even if you're, even if your uncle, you know, you grew up with an uncle who started a business, you saw someone start a business. You know, you saw Mm -hmm. someone go through, you had a blueprint, you knew that it was possible for you to own a business. Like, Mm -hmm. that is something that uh, I I don't have any hard and fast numbers, but I'm going to assume that is an experience that most minority people don't get at the same level as as um, people from other other racial groups, especially white people. So, um, you know, just seeing yourself represented in the business world is a huge deal. It is. It is honestly, yeah. I mean, I'm, I get nervous at that sometimes. It's like I grow the budget nista. I don't anticipate ever selling it, but I don't know. Like, if someone says, "Hey, I want to give you three hundred million dollars for the budget nista," I mean, I, you know, I, I can't say that I would say no. And you know, I get nervous about that sometimes. And even now, you know, because because. You're right. There's this feeling of like, am I abandoning? You know, because this is a brown a a, a a brand that I built largely to serve uh, brown women. And even now we're expanding and I'm seeing more other types of women join. And I, I like that because ultimately I want to help women. But I started really focusing on brown women because they were especially ignored in the financial industry. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but at the same time, I'm not here to say, hey, if you're non-brown, you can't get help because we're all looking for help. So there's always this nervousness of as we start to grow, I think to myself, I don't want my girls basically to think like, well, uh, Tiffany's another one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard because it's probably going to happen, but you got to you have to do what's best for you. And you have to, I hope, explain it the same way, you know, if you're given the opportunity to, which, of course, some people just like to talk and complain. Yeah. But um, I think we need to be a little bit like, I don't know, um, understanding of that and where yeah. and where that comes from. And so I guess supportive. Um, I'm not I'm not mad at Carol's daughter as long as, you know, I think what people are afraid of. That's why the whole Shea, Shea Moisture thing was such a huge deal because it was like the fear, you know, you sell out to a big brand. Who mm-hmm. owns Shea Moisture? Who is it? I forget. Is it also L'Oreal or someone else? Anyway. You sell out and then, you know, a company that's made for and by brown women and you go to a new company run by white women or white people and then you have ads like that, that erase the very people that your brand was supposed to be for in the beginning. Um, Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's so you just want to be mindful of that, that you're not throwing out the baby with the bathwater. That's and, what I think that. And Lisa Price you, is still the CEO. Yeah. Oh, she is. Okay, good. Yeah, she's still, that was the last question he asked her. And I was like, damn, and people are still trying to give her grief. Like, it's not like she walked away completely. She's still a part of it. Yeah, exactly. And I've met her before. She's really dope. She still lives like in the same spot in Brooklyn. And she's just a really nice woman. I remember back when she first, first started and I would see her at, cause I would, I would always go to like the street festivals in, in the city. So this is before she even had a store. I would see her then and buy her products. Cause I was just going natural over 10 years ago. So I remember just like looking for her booth always. And she was really nice. She would be the one selling stuff. And I'm like, and then when she opened a store that I would make a pilgrimage there, like every few months or so we, me and my other cousin who was also natural. Cause it was like the only place to get stuff. So it's like so crazy to see now, you know, like as like she's grown. Cause I'm like, oh my God, I remember Lisa from like the street festivals and then her store. And now look, you know, she talked about all that. Yeah. You should listen to it. It's a good episode. I remember, I remember when she got her product on Oprah's favorite things list. That was my first memory of Carol's daughter. Mm. Um, yeah. And they, and, she, and they have a good episode with Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx. It's, I love that. Ooh. I love that podcast. Yes. When you're done listening to Brown Ambition, you can go and download How I Built This. <laughs> and tell, like, hey, tell them we sent you. They're friends of the, they they're friends of, of the show. They they retweet and 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 favorite some of those whenever I mention them. So they may oh. like to know. So you want to do a quick question? Let's do a quick question. Um, okay. Thank you, guys. I've been getting – I got another dozen or so questions for our, our special student loan episode, which we can say will be airing in mid-August. So if you're waiting out for that episode, never fear. It is coming, and you can continue sending your student loan questions to brownambitionpodcast.com and just click uh -huh. on the – oh, I'm going to give you space for that. Reclaim your time. Dot <laughs> 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 com. <laughs> and go to the Ask Us Anything tab to send your question. Um, let's do a credit question today because I'm feeling, I'm just in the mood. I'm in the mood for a credit question. And this one we get again and again and again, but I, I guess I don't think you can ever explain something having to do with how credit scores become credit scores enough. This question comes to us from Dominique and she says, my question's about credit card debt. I read an article maybe eight years ago that stated that you should keep a credit card balance of around 30% of your credit card limit. I recall it having something to do with maintaining a good payment history. You guys constantly, or you ladies constantly talk about being debt-free and paying down your credit cards, which obviously makes a lot of sense. But should you keep a balance on your credit cards? Or if you pay off your credit cards at the end of each month, or sorry, or is paying off your credit cards at the end of each month the best way to go? So should you keep a balance on your credit cards? N-O spells no, N-O spells no. <laughs> but it is confusing, isn't it? It is. It like, is. I understand where her confusion comes from because they say, you know, the utilization rate, keep it under 30%, but then by the mm -hmm. way, pay it off in full. So what are you really telling me? So I get, because I, I, well, one, ideally, this is how my, one of my friends who's like some, you know, credit guru told me, she was like, the utilization rate basically is like your new maximum. So like, you know how you're like, oh, my maximum, I, you know, I have a credit card limit of a hundred dollars. And so I can't go over a hundred dollars because that's my limit. And she would say, no, your new maximum is 30%. Mm -hmm. 
So instead of $100, you should really tell yourself, oh, I can't swipe more than 30% or I have a balance of more than $30 on that $100 limit card. So you want to keep it under 30% ideally. But ideally, though, if you Ideally, ideally. I know, ideally, ideally. You want to pay it (laughs) off in full every single month if you can. Um, Because your payment history... Well, the 30% doesn't really have anything to do with your payment history. That's all about utilization, which is 30% of your actual score. So how much of the credit that they've allowed you to use that you're actually utilizing, that's 30% of your score. 35% is payment history. Do you pay at, at the very minimum? Do you pay the minimum? And do you pay by the due date? Those two things. And so, so if you're paying on time and you're paying at least the minimum, you're taking care of 35% of your score, but you want to keep your balance low as possible and even better paid off in full, honestly. Um, because, you know, uh, keeping a balance one, it's expensive because you're paying your, your interest mm-hmm. and call your credit card company to see when did they, um, cause you want to also show that you're using your, your credit card. So ask when do they report? So that way you, the, the rule of thumb is, Pay your credit card off in full if you're able to when you actually get your bill. That's how you know they've reported it, that you used it, and then they're going to report that it's been paid. That is super important. And I was going to say that because people will maybe get excited. Like you get your credit card, you get your paycheck, and you want to just pay your credit card bill off immediately. But if you pay it off in full before you get your statement, before they've reported Mm -hmm. it to the credit card bureaus, then you're just showing a zero of zero utilization. Like you're not showing that you've been using the card and you're able to pay it off. Mm Mm-hmm. I remember Magnify Money, we do a, um, we do a, a personal finance le- a seminar for Brooklyn College. And this one guy, I'll, I'll never forget, he was like, so what you mean is if I pay off my credit card early, I get penalized? And I'm like, yeah, it makes zero sense. Credit card reporting is the worst, but this is how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, it just doesn't make – it has no rhyme or reason. It's just the way it is. And when you get your statement, that is when you pay it in full. Um, so what I, what I've done and what I've said is you can maybe pay half your credit card when you get your paycheck and then maybe wait until you get the statement and pay the rest. Mm -hmm. Um, if you want to just see it go down, I do that when I was, I get paid monthly now, but I used to get paid biweekly. So I would take part of a paycheck and pay down my bill because I just like to see the balance be lower. Mm -hmm. And then I'd wait till the next paycheck and I'd pay it off in full. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the secret to the utilization rate. Yep, that's the secret sauce. Keep it low, below 30%, ideally pay it off in full once you get your actual statement. All this is, all you're proving to the credit, um, not just creditors, but lenders in general, all you're proving when you do this, when you're able to keep your balance that low and pay it off in full, you're showing how much self-control you have. You're showing you're going to give me a million cookies, but I'm only going to eat five of them, you know, Mm -hmm. and that tells the lenders that you're responsible, that you're trustworthy, that you're not going to be pushing yourself so close to the edge every time. Um, And remember, it's 30% of all your credit card limits combined. Um, So if you have like, I don't know, five credit cards for a total of $10,000 limit, you shouldn't carry more than $3,000 across all those cards. And if you have the one card, like in the example Tiffany gave, then it's 30% of that one card's limit. Mm-hmm. Hope that was helpful, Miss Dominique. Uh, if you guys have questions, again, you can send us, uh, send us your questions at brandambitionpodcast.com. Dot com. Boop. <laughs> okay. Wins. 
Yes. So my win is really simple. It's been one month of marriage. And Wait, that was your win last time. Was it? I said one month of marriage last time? Yes. Oh, okay. Let me see. <laughs> I got her, y'all. I got her. Like, <laughs> y'all are gonna wait. be like, "Wait, is this a rerun?" Because didn't she say that she loved Superman so much and it was so amazing? Oh my god, I forgot. <laughs> well, no, because I wasn't celebrating one month fully. I'm like, "Oh gosh, I don't." Go ahead, let me think of a win then. Okay. You go. <laughs> All right, my win was going to be the power of female friendship. Um, like I mentioned, I just spent that week with girlfriends, and we were all sort of rallying around a friend who's going through a hard time when we had this girl trip. So, um, and I, and you know, I didn't really know these girls, but we all kind of got together when you're together and you're just focused on one person and, um, you just want to make that person happier. It was, it was just beautiful. And, and it was, we had a lot of conversations about what was happening in our lives. And even though I didn't know them so well, really felt like I bonded with them. And, um, so shout out to those girls I met on the trip who I hope couple of them are listening now um and 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 I just want to say that and and how important it is to have those friendships and um I'm going to do a a second well this isn't really a win but when I got back from this trip I was telling Tiffany a little bit off the air about what's happening how I feel like this is the summer when everything is happening in all my friends lives and my family's lives and people are pregnant and there's just all this, you know, not just pregnant but getting married and there's work drama and relationship drama and and I've, I've been feeling like, um, you know, and I, and I've loved this. I love being there for my friends and my family and being that person that they call and support and lean on. But I was walking home from work today and I had something I was really on my mind and I, and I was like, God, who do I talk to about this thing? And I don't want, and I, and I almost felt like everyone had so much else going on. Everything, everyone had so much else going on and I didn't want to add to it. And I was like, and this is when it's time to get back on the hunt yeah. for a therapist, um, which is something I've talked about before. I ha- I I've been sh- I've been like I don't know window shopping for a therapist ever since I moved to New York. I felt like and spent eight years almost, and I I still haven't really found one. And we've done couples therapy, but I still feel like in that moment today, I really understood the value of having someone to talk to talk to about what's happening in my life because you know, it's nothing against my family and friends. They have their own lives going on, you know, and, um, and they're not in a place where they can sort of carry where I, they can, you know, have room for, you know, what's happening maybe in my life right now. And, and it's, I, I, and it's just a time where I feel like, um, it's time for me to find someone to lean on. Basically, I'm just going to pay someone to listen to me (laughs) because they have to. And that's good. It's not a bad thing. I'm. I know it. it I'm. Just, I'm like. I'm. I'm kind of hearing myself, and I'm thinking, man, does this sound like I'm too? I don't want. I don't have friends who will be there for me. They will. It's just, you know, sometimes in people's lives, they just don't have time to listen to everyone's stuff. You know, I'm right. And now, not just that, but unpacking. It, people underestimate the importance of helping someone unpack their stuff properly, because you can do more harm than good. And that's, that's why therapists is like, you know, trained for that. Yeah, and I feel my own limitations too as a friend and daughter and sister when I'm talking to my fr- I'm talking to my friends and family and I'm like, "Okay, I know what I can offer you and I know when it's time to say and you should talk to this person or I, you know, you should do this thing, but maybe I'm not the right person to to help you with the next step or you know, you need to figure things out on your own time." I think at the end of the day, we all have to take care of our own stuff, you know. Um and make sure that we're doing okay and and all that. So this is just me taking a step back and 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 getting back on the on the self care 
on the self-care track. I, I didn't even mention that. Remember how I said I was going to read a book a week and if I didn't, I know my life was out of control? Mm-hmm. It's taken me like three weeks to read Americana. three, And I'm on page 157. Um, so that's my little... That's my little canary in the gold mine situation. Yes. Oh, you know, it's so funny you said that because I was speaking to a friend today and he was just like, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. And, and I said, well, how do you know that, you know, you're stressed? He was like, because typically he wakes up naturally. He's an entrepreneur naturally at five or six a.m., like just without the alarm. And he said, when I find myself waking up at like nine, ten and still not wanting to get up because I'm groggy or like, oh, he's like, that's how I know that like something is going on. And, you know, maybe he's not acknowledging it emotionally. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, everybody should have their little signals that they're like, mm, I'm napping a lot or why am I overeating or whatever that thing is like you need to ask for help, you know, or you put on weight or you lose weight or you're not sleeping well or you used to work out all the time and you haven't been going to the gym lately. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm going to I'll let I'll let you know how, how it all goes. But um, this has certainly not been a relaxed. Remember when summer used to just be like you were wishing for things to do? Mm-hmm. Like I'm so bored. Um, yeah, this is the this is the most adulting summer I have ever had. And well, yeah, this is. I feel like yeah. Well, no, lately, I, my personal life has been like great, and my business life. I mean, it's been good too. But I'm like really learning and stretching and growing. Um, and I'm learning that, like I think we talked about before, um, balance versus harmony. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yeah, so I'm really leaning into my per- like that means more to me than anything right now. So I'm like, well, if that means that business takes a little bit of a hit, I'm actually OK with that. I'm not OK the other way around, you know? Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Well, my win is a little simple. It's 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 connected to the Mac. I was like, well, darn it. I didn't realize I did that. So today in the mail. I remember I everything the- you say. <laughs> I got the best mail ever. I got my insurance card. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. And I just feel like everybody gets an appointment. You get an appointment. You get an appointment. Everybody gets an appointment. So I cannot wait to take advantage and go and go to all my doctors and like, you know, walk in with my because I've got like the the platinum insurance card because, um, you know, uh, Superman works for the city. So it's like uh, government insurance. So it's like the best. And so he pays like next to nothing for anything. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like, I have not had insurance, real insurance since I was 29 and I'm 37. So I've had like, you know, like semi coverage of what I could afford. But like, I honestly, for the last like what, eight years, I've been mostly uninsured. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Mostly uninsured. and well, just basically- Go ahead. Yeah. You know, I was gonna say, it's really not that crazy, right? That's just like the state of well it's becoming less crazy but it might be more common you never know (laughs) and so I just like if things were like thankfully I didn't have any I don't have any like chronic illnesses or anything but you know I you know now you you guys know that you know I just found out that I had fibroids and I could tell the doctor was like how did you not know and I was kind of like so about the me not having insurance that meant that doctor visits were few and far between unless I was dying you know and so yeah I just am excited to be able to do something about, you know, my fibroids and just like having kids. Cause I don't know if we're going to use in vitro. I don't, honestly, I have no idea like what the, the end of the fibroid journey will be. So we'll see, but I'm just excited that I've got insurance so I can like see like some real doctors and get some real, like not real. The doctors I didn't see before were not real, but I weren't, I wasn't seeing anyone unless it was like 
So I'm dying and I need you to save my life. Yeah, um, so yeah. Well, you were getting plans off the Obamacare exchange but or the healthcare exchange, but you were finding that they were really expensive, right? Yeah, they were expensive. And then two, the truth of the matter was like, like I still had to pay so much. I still had to pay a decent amount out of pocket, you know? And, and deductibles so, and all that stuff. That was one yeah. of the main grievances. Because, you know, as much as we talk about how terrible Trump is and how, you know, the, the ridiculousness of what's happening in Congress, how they're trying to unravel Obamacare completely. It's not that I think it's perfect or that obviously you've experienced it. My, mm-hmm. I've, I've watched my dad get, you know, he dropped out of the marketplace because it was getting too expensive for his premium. Um, I know that there is issues with Obamacare. It just makes me so pissed that they want to go so nuclear and, and get rid of the whole thing without really having a plan. I mean, they couldn't even... And then that, well, that was what they started out wanting to do, and they then they couldn't even pass the quote-unquote skinny repeal. Um, but, I mean, not long ago, people who had diabetes or, you know, had a history of some sort of illness, that was, you know, insurers could just deny you. And yeah. if you were 22 and couldn't get a job, it didn't matter. Um, you, you know, you would just not have insurance, and now you can be on your parents' policy till 26. There's so many mm-hmm. – there's so many benefits to this law, and I and I hope that um, I honestly I think that's one of the reasons why they're having such a hard time uh, getting rid of it is because even though people maybe support Trump and his platform, his supporters are also like, but I like that thing about Obamacare though, like, like I, I like that I can get you know that pre-existing conditions, I can't be denied insurance and that kind of thing, um, and I and I hope that uh, I hope that people continue to 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 fight back or to at least voice um to voice that to their representatives and tell them that they're using it um and hopefully they can improve it instead of trying to dismantle it which i don't think does anybody any good because it's so clear that the dismantling of obama because like you said i don't think it's perfect at all but i'm you know what i was able to get i'm like that was better than because because honestly before i signed up for obamacare i had nothing so at least there was something. Um, and so I think that the it's so clear to folks that it's not that 45, because I refuse to call him president. I, it's not that 45 is, try- <laughs> is, is trying to repeal Obamacare. He is trying to repeal um, um, President Obama's legacy. It's very clear that this is a personal, this has nothing to do with like, because if he really cared and he, then he would come up with a real plan. Like, Ooh, you know what? This part is good. We'll keep this. This part is bad. We'll get rid of that. But that's not what's happening. It's like, he just wants to like get rid of his legacy out of some spiteful, whatever petty, like, you oh, know, and, and give businesses huge tax credits. You forgot about that. And oh yeah. That's right. For the wealthy. Oh, this is true. And so it's just like, you know what? But now you see, you know, I mean, um, um, John McCain came through with the win at the last moment, brain surgery and all and voted, voted against it. So yeah, the right town is is the best reality show going on right now. So we're all watching and waiting. (laughs) The best and the worst reality show. Um, I, I got some, some good emails from people who, who listened to last week's episode when we talked about Latoya and her medical billing nightmare. And um, I mean, we're, I'm asking for a lot of student debt questions right now, but if you have any medical billing or debt, uh, medical debt questions or healthcare questions, I mean, we want to hear your stories. So again, go to brownambitionpodcast.com, send us a note. It doesn't even have to be a question. If you just want to share your story, um, I read them and I go through them and sometimes I respond and sometimes we answer them on the show. So um, yeah, definitely if you want to vent, 
just go to brownambitionpodcast.com. Don't worry, we're not going to publish them. I won't send it to your boss or your mother. You can just let it go. Exactly. Yeah, join us because we love answering um, questions. I, I read the Facebook. I was reading some of the Facebook messages as well. And I was like, oh, these are nice. You guys sent me a lot of great messages. Oh, so I'm like, about those. Eh, I know. I was like, oh, what are these? Oh, we have messages. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.